different direction. Um, I'm hearing that noise is driving me nuts. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 63, if you have your Bible, your tablet, your phone, however you happen to read the word. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 63 comes right after Psalm 62. <sighs> A Psalm of David when he was in the de desert of Judah. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift my hands. I read a story recently about a man aboard a ship who, because of the motions of the waves, became very seasick. Everybody that's been seasick, say amen. Yeah, thank you. It's a horrible thing. I, I have been seasick to the point to where I felt like I was completely useless. Uh, when you get so sick on a fishing trip you can't fish, that's pretty useless. But back to this man. Even though this man was, was in his cabin sick, he heard a lot of commotions, and he found out that someone had actually fallen overboard from the ship. As he sat in his cabin feeling somewhat useless, he was wondering if there was anything he could do to help save this person who had fallen overboard. Out of curiosity and concern, and unable to do much else, he grabbed a light and held it up to the porthole of the ship in his cabin. In the meantime, the cabin had lowered some lifeboats into the water to search for the man who had fallen overboard. Eventually, as the, the story goes, the drowning man was actually saved. A couple of days passed. The sick man was now feeling better, and he went up on deck. As he was walking around, he came across the man who had been rescued. The rescue man gave this testimony. He said, I had gone down for the second time and was just going down again for the last time when I stretched out my hand one more time. And just at that moment, someone held a light up in a porthole and that light fell on my hand. Someone in a lifeboat saw my hand in the light and grabbed it and pulled me into the lifeboat. Holding up a little light probably seemed like a very small thing to do at the time, but it saved someone's life. I say that to say this. Even if you can't do some great thing, you can always hold up a light for some lost sinner who as a result may be won to Christ and delivered from destruction. Could we purpose that as we look more closely at this passage of Scripture we're looking at today in Psalms, that we would take the torch of salvation and go out into an otherwise dark world? Could we purpose in our hearts that no matter how big or how small our individual lights may be or how small they may seem to be, that we will hold up to Christ or hold Christ up to people as the Savior of the world? 
Let me add this too. We can also hold up a light of hope to a struggling brother or sister in Christ. It's not just the loss that we hold up a light to. You never know what someone else might be struggling with. But because you were willing to do what you could do, be it big or small, they too might be delivered from their dark place by the light that you hold up for them. At first glance, it may be obvious, but the verses we are looking at today teach us something about us. It wasn't all about David. This is about us. It lets us know that we all have a story to tell. Our story is a story of salvation. It's a story of grace. It's a story of hope, a story of victory. It is a story about the Word of God and the God of His Word. Ours, my story, your story is a story that the world needs to hear. Hopefully right now, everyone is at least saying in their head, okay, I'm, um, I'm not convinced, but um, tell me more. And I will. We used to sing a song years ago titled, I Love to Tell the Story. Listen to some of the words. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. And the chorus goes on to say, I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. After reading those words, it occurred to me that it's probably a good thing that most churches quit singing that song because it seemed a bit counterproductive to lead people in a song that required them to lie. And that's why I say this. Stay with me here. Do we really love to tell our story? Do we really love to tell the story of Jesus and his love? When we are out, do we find it easier to talk about stuff? Do we find it easier to talk about politics? Nothing wrong with talking about politics. But do we find it easier to talk about politics and sports and the latest thing that you're doing around the house and all of those things much easier to talk about than the story of Jesus and his love? Not just Jesus and his love toward anybody else, but Jesus and his love to me. It's true anyway. Do we love to tell the story? Here's what I mean. There are almost 2,000 songs. If you don't believe me, use the Google machine and you can find out. There are almost 2,000 songs about evangelism or sharing the gospel, telling our story. But how many times do we sing songs like that on Sunday, and then on Tuesday, God tells us, speaks to our heart, and says, go witness to that person and tell your story to that person. And we squint our eyes and we wrinkle our forehead and respond, eh, they probably don't want to hear it. Or 
they really aren't the kind of people I'm trying to reach. Now, what kind of person might that be? Are they human? Yes. Then they're exactly the kind of person who needs to hear your story. So this morning, I want to speak on the thought, it's time to tell your story. So what is our story? You're saying, okay, pastor, let's say I do buy into this whole thing you're talking about. What is my story? First of all, your story is a story of salvation. David says in verse 1, you, God, are my God. My God. Notice the word my. I believe this is David's testimony to his personal faith in his God. Not you, God, are a God. Not you, God, are some God, or you, God, are those people over there's God. You, God, are my God. At this point in David's life, he has a personal relationship with the Lord, and he is not shy about talking about it. There was a time in David's life when he finally came to faith in Almighty God, a day when he finally recognized God for who he really was. And as a result, he wanted everyone else to know what he knew about his Lord. In other words, he really wanted to tell his story. If you are saved by grace, there's no other way to be saved, but if you are saved by grace, you have a testimony. If you are saved by grace, then you have a story. Your story or testimony is about how God came to you as a sinner, someone who was lost in going to hell, someone who could not do anything about being lost, and even then, he drew you to salvation through Jesus Christ. Your testimony, your story tells the world of how Jesus saved your soul. Your testimony has vast, eternal value. And until you leave this world, your duty is to tell others what the Lord has done for you. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of shy. I'm not really comfortable with that. I'm not, and the list goes on and on of reasons why we don't want to do that. But according to the Bible, whether we are shy, comfortable, or anything else, we have all been commanded to tell the world what God has done for us when he saved us. Mark 16, 15 does not say everyone who isn't shy, everyone who is comfortable with the idea, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. It doesn't say that. It says go into the world and preach the good news or the gospel to all creation. There is no disclaimer in there. As to our comfort, that means you, it means me, or as we say in the South, all y'all. Yesterday, we had an opportunity. We were out in a store looking at some stuff, and and just out, I, I just... I tend to tell my story about everywhere I go, about how I became a pastor. And um, this lady that we'd kind of been talking to, she immediately came over and started listening. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. 
And then the more we talked, the more she got involved. And then out of nowhere, she said, my husband's having serious surgery on Monday. Would you pray for him? Absolutely. And we did this morning. And we will continue to do that. This is telling your story. Because this is what happens when you tell your story. It opens up opportunities. And we stood there and we, we finished up what we were doing. And at some point I looked at her and I said, would it be okay if we prayed for you and prayed with you? And she said, oh, yeah. And Ruthie and I went over and we just put our hand on her shoulder. And there was people everywhere. And you know what? I didn't care. We prayed. We prayed for her. We prayed for her husband. We prayed for the doctors. We prayed for peace. We prayed for healing. Why? It all started with telling a story. Who knows how many doors will open up when you start to tell the story, and your story, the first part of your story, is a story of salvation. Let me insert this here. I think sometimes we don't tell our story because Maybe we heard a testimony or story of someone who was on the streets when they were 13. They got addicted to heroin. They were in a gang. They were in and out of prison 16 times before they were 21, and then they got saved, and that's a great story. And it is a great story. That is an awesome story of how great God is. But let me tell you an even awesomer story. I know that's not a word, but it's very fitting. Here's an even greater story. A person who was blessed to have great parents, a great church, surrounded by a great and loving church family. They got saved and dedicated their life to the Lord at a young age. They got involved in various types of ministry at their church. They never joined a gang. They never did heroin. They never went to prison. And now, because of that, they are able to show others that it is possible to live for the Lord your entire life and not have the regrets and the hurt that others might have had who took a different path. Your story, regardless of where it went, regardless of the turns, maybe it stayed right down the middle. What an awesome story. That story is a testimony of the goodness of God. That is a story. That is the story of a God who can keep you from all that other stuff. And if that is your story, then tell it. So why is it so important for us to tell our story and preach the gospel? Paul answered that question in Romans 10, 17 when he wrote, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard from the word of Christ. That's where faith comes from. We have to get out and tell the story. Your story about how God kept you, how he saved you through faith in what Jesus did on the cross is a word about Christ because the gospel is God's chosen message for bringing sinners to faith in Jesus Christ. It starts with you telling your story. You can get out and teach a, a home Bible study and spend 16 weeks going through a Bible study every Tuesday and Thursday night at somebody's house. And you know what? That's great. But when you meet somebody in Publix or in Walmart or in Target, you don't have 16 weeks. You have a few minutes. 
And that's the opportunity to say, oh, let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you what God has done for me. So what is our message? Our message is the gospel that tells how Jesus came into the world. He died for our sins and rose from the dead. Our message is how he saves all of those who trust him by faith. Our message is the promise of salvation, the forgiveness of sin, and eternal life for all of those who will make Jesus their Savior, the Lord of their life, for all of those who will follow the plan of salvation as the Bible lays it out. Our message is a life-saving message which must be shared with the world. Well, where do I do this? Well, there's a lot of places, and that's a great question. It might come as a shock to you, but one of the best places you can tell your salvation story is in the house of the Lord. Right here. I need to hear what the Lord did in your life. If you are older, then the younger generations need to hear what the Lord did in your life. If you are younger, then the older generations need to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. The lost who attend and visit our church need to hear how the Lord saved you, how he kept you safe, how he healed you, how he provided for you, how he made a way for you when life seemed impossible. The truth is that every child of God has much to teach both the saved and the unsaved folks about the saving grace of God. Tell your story. Don't be shy about sharing your testimony with folks at church. Don't be shy about sharing your testimony with folks out in the world, folks who are lost. You might think no one wants to hear your story, but you'd be wrong. There are people right here at High Point Church who need to hear from you how the Lord saved you. One of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard is from Craig when he stood right here. He was nervous as he could be. He had just been baptized, but God had done some amazing things in his life, and he stood here and told his story. Your testimony, your story might be the very tool that God uses to bring a lost soul who is sinking for the very last time. They've gone down once, they've gone down twice, and now they're going down for the last time. Your story might be the one thing that touches that person who is going down for the last time. And it might be what brings them into the kingdom of God. Your story might be that light in the porthole to a person who is drowning in the problems of life. And if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you, yes, you, all y'all, have been equipped by the Holy Spirit to share your testimony. 
We talked about this last week before Jesus ascended. He told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would bring them in their mission and, and help them in their mission to share the gospel to a lost world. He said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses, which means you shall tell your story unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts, uttermost parts of the earth. Tell your story. So yours, first of all, is a story of salvation. It is also a story of God's sufficiency. David knew how much he needed a close walk with the Lord. He said in verse 3, earnestly I seek or look for you. Earnestly. This speaks of how, uh, of how his soul thirsts or longs for the presence of the Lord. This is David saying that he has this intense desire to be closer to the Lord. David understood what a lot of folks don't seem to get. David realized that no matter how close he was to the Lord, there was always room to move closer. Too many folks get saved today, and when the pastor preach about, preaches about drawing close to the Lord, their answer is, eh, eh, I'm good where I am. I wrote a song years ago. It said, draw me closer to you, closer to you. And the next line was the best line in the whole song. From where I am, draw me closer to you. If we could ever grasp hold of that, from where I am, we don't ever get to the place where we have arrived, where we can pick a seat somewhere and go, I got mine. All y'all got to get your own. I'm good. No, we don't ever get to that place in our walk with God. Folks like that, they haven't grown in the relationship with Christ since the day they were saved. But here was David. Even though God referred to him as a man after my own, own heart, here was David, and even though he had done great things through the power that God gave him, here was David, even though he was the king of Israel, he still sought after, he still thirsted for, and he still longed for more of God. I'm sure there's several reasons why David wanted to be closer to the Lord. Among those reasons was his love for the Lord. David knew and understand, understood Deuteronomy 6.5 that says, love the, Lord with, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The truth is we always want to be close to the ones we love. David also knew that it was in the Lord's presence that he found true joy. After all, it was David who wrote, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. David understood that it was in God's presence that true joy and pleasures are found. The word pleasures here refers to delights, wealth, spiritual blessings. 
I believe because of what David had experienced in life, he wanted everyone who read his words to know that God had been more than sufficient to provide for his every physical and spiritual need. He wanted us to have a confidence in the God who has been sufficient in the past and to know that he will continue to be sufficient in the future. God hasn't changed. He is still trustworthy. He is still sufficient. He is still enough. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul, even though he was sitting in a prison cell for sharing the gospel, why Paul could still write these words in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. Sitting in prison, writing to folks who weren't in prison, he was still saying, my God shall supply all your need. And there's too many folks today who just they aren't in prison. I'll just leave it at that. I was going to say they had a hangnail, but that'd be mean. And because of that, they're like, God doesn't love me anymore. Paul didn't say that. He was still encouraged in himself. He was still encouraging others because he knew his God was sufficient. His story was a story of God's sufficiency. Most everyone I'm speaking to today knows the value of walking close to the Lord. You know the power of prayer. You know the power of a thriving devotional life. You know how valuable it is to read and to study the Word of God and to know the Word of God. You know the value of being saved. You know the value of staying close to God. You know about the changes and the challenges and the consequences of life. You know God is sufficient for every need that might and will appear in your life. And because of that, those who are following behind you, those who are looking to you, need to hear about what the Lord has done in your life over the years. We need to hear about the times God answered your prayers. We need to hear about the times when God moved your mountains. We need to hear about the times when God met your needs. We need to hear about how God has worked in your life to develop you into the person that you have become. We need to hear about the times that even though you made mistakes and how the Lord stood by you and helped you through those valleys. We need to hear about how big the Lord has been in your life. We need to hear about your stories of God and his sufficient grace in your life. We need to hear about how he has blessed you, how you trust him. And how you lean on him for the days that lie ahead. We need to hear your stories about how you have depended on the Lord. And how he has always come through for you. It is time to tell your story because you have a story to tell. A story about staying close to the Lord. And about the blessings you have enjoyed at his right hand. What you have been through has much to teach the rest of us, and we need to hear it. 
Look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves have received from God. Well, let's go back and read that again. Who comforts us in all of our troubles. So that's a statement of that's what happened. But why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with what? The comfort we ourselves have received from God. In other words, we have seen that God is sufficient. And because we have seen that God is sufficient, we can go to somebody else and say, let me assure you, God is sufficient. I told this lady yesterday, I said, we're just going to believe for healing for Joseph whether it's miraculous healing, whether it's through the doctors and all the the people at Tampa General Hospital, whatever it is, we're going to believe complete healing. And listen to this. Think about the story that he's going to have. Think about the faith that he will have to speak to someone else when they're going through the same thing. So today I'm saying, tell us what you know about the goodness of God and about his blessings in in your life. So you have a story of salvation, you have a story of God's sufficiency, and lastly, you have a story of God's splendor. In verse 2, David talks about how he has seen the Lord move in the past, and he makes it clear that he wants to see the Lord move again. David had seen a lot of things in life, things that other people had not seen, and he wanted them to know and experience the stuff that God had done for him. He wanted them to know those things himself. And once again, let me say that I realize that for the most part, I'm speaking to people who have seen the Lord move in glory and power. You have seen God do things that other people have not seen. You have seen God save souls. You have seen God move in a worship service in great manifestations of his power and his presence. You have seen God change the lives of sinners. You have seen God take a sinner and transform them into a new creation. But there's a lot of folks who haven't witnessed those things. Folks who need to hear about what you have seen. As a word of encouragement yesterday to this young lady, when we're talking about her husband, Joseph, that we're going to be praying for, I said, let me tell you about a lady in our church. Her name's Patty. And she just had a a surgery that's similar to what Joseph's going to be going through. And she's much older than Joseph. And it was a long process, and she's gone through this and this and this, but she is getting back to normal, and she is getting everything back to where she used to be because God has blessed her. What did that do? That was the comfort that I have heard from Patty and sharing it as a comfort to someone else who needed to hear it. It was there to increase the faith of someone by telling what I know God has done, what I have seen God do. Folks need to hear what you've seen. Listen to what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 
Paul's saying, take what you heard from me and tell other people who can then in turn go tell others. This is what we must be doing. We must tell others, especially younger generations, about the God we know and the grace that we have experienced. One place among many is in Sunday school. I can still remember Sunday school teachers who told their personal victories in Christ as they taught Sunday school. And I still remember those stories. Those teachers are very likely the reason that I am standing here today because I heard their stories of great faith. Not just stories that they had heard about, but things that they had experienced for themselves, things that they had seen God do in their own life. You have a story to tell, and it is time to tell your story. Verse 4, David vows that he will continue to praise the Lord as long as he lives. David wrote vows to give the Lord vocal praise. He said, my lips shall glorify you. Another translation says, my lips shall praise you. David also vowed to give the Lord visible praise. He said, I will lift up my hands in your name. People come to church sometimes and go, why do y'all raise your hands? There you go. I will lift my voice. I will lift my hands. I will lift my heart. I will offer up everything I have because you, God, are worthy. And I believe these two vows that David made here demonstrate a desire in his heart to exalt the Lord for all that he had done in his life. David wanted others to know that how the Lord had worked in his life through a lot of years, through a lot of ups and downs, through a lot of mistakes. I think he probably made more mistakes and messed up more than Peter. And that says a lot. He wanted others to stand, understand what the Lord had done for him and through him the Lord could and would do through them and for them. You have a story to tell that no one else can tell but you. I believe one reason the Lord leaves us in this world after we're saved, is so that we can tell those around us, those who are coming behind us, about a God who is a God of power, a God who is a God of salvation, a God who is a God of miracles, and a God who is a God of wonder. Tell others what you know about him. We all need to hear what you have to say. I need to hear the stories that you have to tell. The generations that follow us need to hear the stories that you have to tell. Tell us how the Lord has saved you. Tell us how the Lord has blessed you. Tell us how the Lord has used you. Tell us what the Lord has taught you. 
Tell us how the Lord has comforted you when the bottom fell out of your life. Tell us about the times when God was all you had left and how he came through for you and how he was always enough. Betty, you've got a great story. I've heard parts of it, and I'm encouraged every time I hear it. Carol, you've got a great story, and I'm encouraged every time I hear of it. Becky, you've got a great story, and I'm encouraged every time I hear of it. And I could go around this room because we all have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. Have you told your story lately? I want to ask you today, would you join me in prayer today? Let us ask the Lord to help us unlock the stories of his goodness that we have stored in our heart, in our memories. Let's ask him to help us be more eager, ready to tell others what he has done for us. Like the seasick man aboard the ship, the light you shine may seem small to you, but it might just be the light that points someone who is drowning in the cares of life, who feels like they were about to go down for the last time, to that person. It might be that light that points them to salvation, to that person. It might be the difference in life and death. It's time to tell your story. Say, well, I don't really have much of a story. If you are saved, you have a story of salvation. If God has ever done anything for you, You have a story of God's sufficiency. And you can walk outside on any given day and look up at the sky and have a story of God's splendor. If you have never been saved, today is a good day to turn the page and start writing the rest of your story. Today is a good day for your story to change direction. Well, I don't really know how to do that. The Bible is clear. The first thing we have to do is to believe. Because if we don't believe that Jesus' death on the cross was enough, we can't go any further So it starts with believing. Then the Bible says that we need to repent. Repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is a change of mind. Repentance is a change of direction. As I said so many times, if we're headed that direction in life, then we turn and we're headed this direction. The Bible says we need to be baptized. The remission of sin. We can do that. If you have never been baptized, we can baptize you. And as we talked about last week, the promise then is for everyone else 
everyone, not just the folks on the day of Pentecost, but for everyone else who would ever live, the promise is that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit. And that will be the power that will help you to write your story from today going forward. Would you stand? If you are here today and you would just like to come and pray and just commit to the Lord, Lord, help me. Unlock those things in my heart. Unlock those things in my memories that I can share with someone else to encourage them of what you have done for me. If you would like to come and pray today, this altar is open. If you have never made a start, or maybe you made a start years ago and you've kind of taken a different path, your story has changed direction a little bit and you know you need to get back to where God needs you to be, these altars are open. Someone will meet you here. Someone will pray with you and pray for you. As we sing, would you come this morning? Bless.